Hello and welcome. This is the Bits vs. Byte podcast. I am your host, Amag Reach, and today with me is uh, Jeroen van der Heide. He is the customer experience and research lead for the innovation studio at PostNL. Welcome. Hi, thanks. Uh, Jeroen, uh, let's start off a little bit about yourself. So uh, a little bit about your background and also how you got to work at PostNL. Yeah, um, I'm uh, well, Jeroen van der Heide and I, my background is in uh, behavioral psychology. So I studied that in, uh, in Amsterdam. And then I started working at False Plot. I think actually uh, Joris Leker yes. was in this uh, podcast as well. Yeah, one of the guests. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, well, Fastplot is a, a user experience, uh, design and research consultancy. And that was always focused on um, understanding the user and doing well, getting the, the right insights in order to make the right design decisions. Mm-hmm. And uh, PostNL was on one of their clients. And I was involved in the... Um, uh, when they started working on that this innovation uh, studio, and I got really excited, and uh, that was actually one of the projects I did at Vosplot. Mm. And at some point, I uh, made the switch, uh, actually informing my bosses uh, <laughs> uh, beforehand as yeah, well, yeah. because uh, <laughs> we kept a really good relationship. Uh, and uh, so, yeah, then I made the switch to uh, Postanel Innovation uh, Studio, mm. and was actually one of the first uh, employees uh, over there. Okay, so uh, you said you uh, started with behavioral psychology. Uh, what spoke to you about that? So what, what was interesting about that? Um, well, my, uh, both my parents are psychologists, ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but they are more focused on the, on the clinical part, you know, yeah. like um, healing people. But uh, still, the, just the whole idea of uh, what happens in our mind and how behavior works, uh, but more on an applied context you know how how do people behave in the streets or uh or on online uh, that always fascinated me and how the brain works by itself so that whole um yeah that whole part of psychology really uh really, really spoke to me yeah so what what spoke to you about PostNL uh to join them so about yep. joining the innovation studio um well, PostNL as a company, I find it really interesting. It's, mm. a, it's a, of course, market leader in uh, postal and parcel delivery. And so it has a huge impact on society. It's really, it's, it's an important company for, for Holland. And uh, at the same time, you know, their, uh, their, their innovation strategy or their department was pretty much non-existent. So it was really exciting for me to, to join that. And mm. I... I uh, I love the guts and glory of startups, but <laughs> yeah. at the same time, I love the impact you can make in a corporate. So for me, that whole startup thinking uh, combined with the, 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 the power of a corporate, mm. that was the sweet spots and that really applied, uh, appealed to me. Yeah, and the interesting part is that that's something, that's kind of a trend I'm noticing is that a lot of corporates are starting these kind of startups inside of their own kind of environment, right? Yeah. So the, the startup thing is, a few people start up something within the company. It usually, or it gets a, la- a different label, or it doesn't. It's kind of uh, one of the t- those two things. But uh, it it starts up b- within the corporate because they see like, okay, if we want to innovate, we have to have like a smaller team or at least a few people that are, that are working on that. So h- how big is the innovation studio at the moment? It's actually quite small. Okay, um, we are with a core team of uh, uh, of six people, okay. and. Um, so those are more like research and design and uh, uh, analysts. We have yeah. a guy uh, who uh, 
who's the lean startup coach and um and we have a, a team with some interns around it uh and also people from the business so the core team is, is quite small but uh, combined with the, the people from the business the interns um we so we're, we're trying to expand ourselves mm. and at the same time we uh, well, we don't re- really want to claim that we're the only one working on innovation in Postanel. That would no, be uh, uh, that wouldn't be healthy, I think. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it is for us. It's really nice to have a, like a small team with a lot of focus and energy. Mm. Um, but we need the business. We need to connect with the business. We we uh, so that's why we involve problem owners. We don't call them product owners. We call them problem owners. So yeah, you know, it's sense. it's sort of their problem and we're there to help them yeah. uh, understanding the problem and the solutions so how does that process work uh, when you look at for example how, how does a how does a, a problem if you can call it like that uh, how does that land with with you so uh, say for instance someone says okay I have this this and this problem how, how does it land uh, at the innovation studio but also uh, how do you pick which one to pick up? Because there are a lot of uh, problems that you could solve, of course. Yeah. Well, there are several ways that uh, that that could happen. Um, sometimes it's something that uh, it's really a, a, a subject that's so clear uh, that it we need to pick it up. Uh, and um, for example, you know, the uh, there was the there's the issue of people missing the parcels, and so that's. Maybe maybe the, even the biggest issue that Postnel has because yeah, sure. <laughs> the yeah. so there's many many topics and many solutions that you can uh, think of that. Yeah. And uh, so one, uh, so that that is a main focus of the innovation studio is how can we, um, in, in that uh, during you know, with the, the e-commerce buying journey and receiving your parcel or actually missing it or preventing that people are going to miss their parcel. Yeah. That is a, a topic that. Uh, and based on that topic, we have a couple of projects. So, um, uh, for example, a big one is, uh, we call it Ontvangerloos Ontvanger, or OLO, uh, which basically means that uh, how can we, um, you know, in, in the future, people are not going to be at home anymore. Or yeah. the, that's already, of course. Uh, it's uh, already happening. It's already happening. Yeah. So how can we uh, uh, use that? Um, and lift with that information and um, to, to trying to think of solutions uh, for you know delivering the parcel without the person being home. Yeah. So and that's a, an example of a project that is really important for the for the studio and it it um, it makes a lot of sense that we're doing that. Mm. Uh, but there's also a different project. For example, we call it uh, minder luchtvervoeren. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of pro- a lot of parcels contain a lot of air. Of course, when you order it from web shop and you open it at home, there's yep. a big uh, box with a really small product yeah. and uh, a really big plastic balloon exactly. inside of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, and that's uh, and that project came to life in the studio because uh, our uh, uh, manager from the innovation studio, he, well, we we all noticed this problem, but it was a problem that is. Um, you know, it's it's relevant relevant for the entire business for the entire chain of Postanel, hmm. um, and but nobody was really uh, picking it up. So that's why he thought, hey, maybe it's a good idea if we bring all those different business units together and uh, have a brainstorm and trying to understand the problem better. So yeah. th- so that came sort of out of our own. Uh, uh, yeah, you find you mind. found it yourself. Yeah, yeah. exactly, exactly. Yeah. Uh, also, we have some brainstorms now and then where we as a team 
come up with new cool ideas and propositions. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so it can come from anywhere. So how do you, uh, how does that process work? So say for instance, you have a brainstorm, right? Yeah. Uh, usually the best ideas come from a why, right? So why are we doing this this way? Yeah. Uh, or why is this, this like that, right? Mm-hmm. There's, a, there's actually a good uh, book on that. Uh, one of, uh, one of the podcast guests, uh, Ilko, uh, uh, which was at Macaw, uh, he, he mentioned it to me. It's called A More Beautiful Question, actually. Okay. Uh, it's a pretty good book uh, that goes into also starting from like a young age, right? Kids are like always like, why, why? Why is this like that? Why, 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 yeah. why? <laughs> and uh, we kind of stopped that after going to school and stuff like that. But it, it is the best way to kind of brainstorm, in my opinion. Sure, uh, yeah, yeah. To see, to find out what are actually the problems and then uh, also... Uh, kind of try to think about it a little bit different than what you're actually doing at the moment. Because mm-hmm. uh, what I've noticed is that uh, a lot of companies have that. Uh, you're constantly in the business and you're like in that and nobody stops to think and say, okay, why are we doing this? Yeah. Right? Why are we doing this this way? Uh, is that something that, uh, how that goes in those kind of brainstorm sessions as well? Um, well, we tr- really try to understand the 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 problem really well yeah and in order to understand that problem you need to ask why uh, you know five times for example <laughs> uh, yeah, so to really understand yeah. okay what are the, the drivers or the causes of the problems and why is this a big problem and maybe it's related to another problem hmm. um so and, and in brainstorms uh it is really good to have a clear problem definition in order to have, you know, sort of, a, we call it like the problem space that you're t- trying to focus on. Yeah. Because right. otherwise it gets way, way too broad. Yeah, what are you actually trying to solve? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. exactly. Yeah. For example, we had a brainstorm uh, not like two days ago with uh, the uh, the whole mail and, you know, postal division who uh, suffers from, or, you know, has, has the problem that the postal volumes are, are uh, declining rapidly. Mm. And... Um, so just the normal letters and stuff exactly like that, right? normal letters i mean of course uh, e-commerce uh there's, there's a lot of stuff. <laughs> packages the other packages. way around <laughs> yeah, exactly yeah, yeah. parcel <laughs> business is growing really fast yeah. so but and in that brainstorm we focused on how uh how might we use the the assets of uh, uh the postal uh service or mm-hmm. you know all those uh, access to letter boxes or uh, you know the big orange letter boxes on the street yep. or the vans or the delivery people and how can we use leverage those assets and find new uh business models or mm. uh um, and so coming to your question yeah uh first asking ourselves okay so why uh, you know what is the problem and you know h- why is this a problem and then so then we peeled the onion and then we thought, okay, so the biggest problem is that uh, mill volume is Going declining. Yeah. So how might we uh, come up with new ideas to, to generate more volume for mill? Yeah. 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 And as you mentioned before, I think the biggest problem is actually people missing their parcel, right? So yeah. in the sense of, I've had it myself and I think everybody can relate uh, where they... <laughs> uh, where they order a parcel and then you get like a track and trace and you can see when it's uh, about to come and you're like, okay, uh, I'll I'll be there uh, between three and five, or, I don't know, in the afternoon or something like that. And for some reason, it, I had, it was really stupid. Uh, the last time I missed it, it was because uh, my actual ring, uh, the doorbell didn't ring because it was broken <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and we have like an apartment building where the doorbell is downstairs right so uh 
yeah he was ringing but <laughs> i didn't hear it so yeah. i was like okay i missed it and i called Postanel. <laughs> i was i was kind of curious but it wasn't their fault <laughs> in that <laughs> sense i didn't know be- that that it didn't work so uh but later on for example the next day it came along and i put like a little note like okay if you're there just call me and i'll come down and pick it up and that uh, the, he actually did it the 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 delivery guy so yep. um i think we don't give the delivery guys enough credit for that right they have all kinds of situations that they get in yep. uh, for example office buildings where it's hard to to pick up so uh, one of the uh, one of the the interesting stories that i uh, saw lately was with the boxes right so with the kind of delivery boxes or however you want to call them so the the kind of storage things that are where someone can just come uh, pick up the the packages and stuff like that um is that one of the that's one of the things right that, that that's in that kind of project i think yeah 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 you mean the big ones? Yeah, so the, the, the big ones where you can actually, where they leave the packages and you can come yep. up and pick, pick them up. Uh, so how does that work? I, I haven't tried it yet. It isn't, it isn't here yet, but mm-hmm. uh, how, how does that work for someone that's going to pick it up, for example? Um, well, uh, hopefully very easy <laughs> <laughs> because it's delivered at, uh, in, the, in the parcel box yeah. and then uh, with a special code, you yeah. can uh, pick, you pick it, up. it up. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So... Uh, another thing that's interesting to me is that uh, because you mentioned you're pretty much the market leader for for these kind of things, right? For delivery and stuff like that. Um, so why is it uh, still important to keep innovating then? Because a lot of people would say, okay, you're the market leader. Why innovate <laughs> at <Yeah>. all, right? <laughs> There's no one coming to steal your uh, your business in that sense. Uh, why do you think it's still important? Yeah, um, well, in a general sense, uh, every company should stay uh should should keep on innovating in order just to keep uh to stay future proof mm-hmm. um and well despite being the market leader uh there's actually quite a few threats yeah uh well for example the one that i just mentioned you know uh, the in the postal market uh it's rapidly declining of course the, you know people are just sending uh who less, sends letters? Who sends letters anymore? <laughs> yeah. It's actually still quite quite a lot. Yeah, uh, yeah. but still, you know, that, a lot that's, of companies that's declining. Yeah. yeah, exactly. A yeah. lot of B two B mailings and uh, direct mailings and stuff like that. Yeah. but still, you know, it, it's declining. So that's that's one of the reasons that we have to find uh, new ways for, uh, for uh, leveraging the current uh, mail network, for example. So and innovation is a way to 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 come up with new ideas, new business models yeah. for that. Uh, but at the same time, the uh, the parcel business is growing very rapidly with about you know, 20% a year or something like that. And keeping that profitable uh, is also quite a big challenge. Yeah. Um, and, but there's also threats like uh, retailers doing delivery themselves. Like yeah. a- Amazon uh, is do- doing that cool in blue. other countries. Cool yeah. Blue as well. Yeah. And so those are some threats. And with by innovating, you can... Uh, well, try out new ideas very quickly, of course, yeah. see what sticks, see what doesn't stick. Yeah. And uh, of course, you know, the, more in a general sense, the world is rapidly changing, you know, change is ex- yeah. more exponential. Yeah. Um, so and if you don't innovate, then, um, well, then it's pretty sure, pretty certain that your business is going to get disrupted. Yeah, uh, even though you're another. a market leader. Yeah, yeah exactly. It doesn't exactly. matter. Yeah. yeah, I was talking to, the, to Fonda about that as well. Yeah. And they were, they have the same problem. Well, it's not a problem, but it, it is the same kind of challenge, right? They they also need to keep uh, listening to the client what they actually want. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and uh, 
and we have well maybe it's a luxury i'm, I'm not sure but we have the a physical part you yeah. know like uh, funda or other mainly like digital companies don't yeah. uh you know it's re- very easy to get dis- disrupted if, you, if there's a better service yeah um and and so, and yeah, so that's uh, every company, of course, is digital yeah. in a sense. So, uh, and uh, and also, you know, um, customers, so they uh, they demand top-notch experiences. Mm. Um, people are much more vocal and much more demanding than <laughs> I don't sure. know, maybe ten or fifteen <laughs> years yeah. ago. Yeah. Uh, and in order to you know keep on understanding and keep on delivering that that top-notch customer experience, you have to try out new things. Yeah, and you have to, you know, stay on top, you know, stay the stay the best one. Uh, Postnel, you know, has the ambition to be uh, to uh, to stay the most uh, geliefde bezorger. Yeah, uh, you know, the, the most love, loved one, <laughs> the lovable uh, delivery guy, something I don't yeah. know how it translates. But so, and in order to stay that, we have to um, try out new stuff. So yeah. that's why innovation is uh, crucial. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, uh, what what I what I would want to tr- try and um, and see is also so. For example, you experiment a lot, right? So you have yeah. a lot of experiments going on in the innovation lab. Uh, so how do you actually validate those experiments? So how do you gain insights from them, and also how do you validate if it's a good idea or not? Um, we use many many ways actually, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, research and experimentations are. It's like the bread and butter of, of the innovation studio. Yeah. Our, our goal is to keep Postnel future-proof and, and uh, doing that, uh, we have created a sort of a learning machine. And so and, uh, uh, that's why we do a lot of experiments. And um, I've written a few down uh, because we... Uh, well, so the much. Usual, <laughs> yeah, yeah, so definitely. <laughs> but, you know, we have the usual ones, of course, where you, you know, do interviews, uh, yeah. you do uh, surveys, uh, you do... You know, if you have a service or at least, you know, if you're trying to build an MVP, we, we do a lot of like, more like Wizard of Oz and concierge, concierge, concierge model, you know, yeah. where you fake the service. We actually deliver the service, but, you know, it's not uh, very, doesn't really work uh, yeah. uh, and in the background, as in you have to do a lot of stuff yourself. Um, and those are all, you know, like the surveys and the user testing and the Wizard of Oz. They're all very uh, uh good ways of uh, doing your research and getting yeah. your uh validating your assumptions yeah. but um there's one risk with money most of those uh tools if you want to uh, if, if we can call them that that um they you don't really measure behavior yeah um and we you know if you want to really know for sure that people are gonna love this new idea um, you know, you can ask them using a survey or doing some interview, or, you know, but people are really bad at predicting their own behavior. Yep. Uh, you know, even with the best intentions, people are really, you know, they they really want to explain and tell you uh, how they're gonna love or hate your product. Yeah, they're like, okay, it's it was good. <laughs> yeah, exactly, <laughs> it was okay. Exactly. Yeah, and and so that's why because people are really bad at predicting their own behavior and experiences, um, and at the same time, we have to you know make new uh try out new ideas that's why we use a lot of uh, a, th- a thing called we uh we call fake doors okay i don't know if you ever heard of it no uh, uh, no go ahead actually yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh so and the the idea behind it is that you measure behavior mm-hmm. uh instead of ask for opinions okay um, because people are really bad at uh, 
yeah. giving their opinion yeah. <laughs> giving unless their it's opinion. bad <laughs> yeah or, or uh, yeah or uh, predicting their own behavior yeah and you and the goal is to understand if, if an idea is is uh, desirable if people are want, want it or if they want to pay for it yeah. and if you for example use a survey to ask okay what do you want to pay for this product people you know with the best intentions they're really horrible at predicting what they actually will pay yeah. but if you use a fake door uh you build a, a you build a, a facade you know you you build something that's not really working you just pretend that it's working so mm. people don't know that they are in a research okay. uh, and that of course is very tricky uh ethically yeah. so yeah yeah, <laughs> sure, yeah. Uh, more on that later um but it's very um it's very reliable it's yeah. very um and also valid you know um because people are for example using a fake landing page you know um uh, so we pretend the service is there or pretend we can um uh, yeah people think so that is real so then for example you say um hey what about this new app um it has you know it, it does everything that you want blah 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 blah, and download it now okay so that so that instead of asking so what uh, do you want this and this and this in your app now you just pretend that it's there and then you cl- uh, make a sort of a, a proposition and you cl- have a download button and then when you click that say ah, sorry it's not available yet ah. uh, you know it's it's sneaky uh, but it's very effective uh, okay. because people think it's real mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I understand. So, uh, you're ba- well, from a from a user's perspective, it could be frustrating. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's that's the that's the big downside. Yeah. You know, um, you uh, basically disappoint people, or you even trick them a little bit. So, yeah. uh, so we have to be very caref- careful when, you know, if you even want to use it. Yeah. Um, or and when you use it, you have to be very, uh, you know. Uh, uh, polite when uh, <laughs> when you're <laughs> putting ha- them down <laughs> exactly when you yeah. have the the, the yeah. sorry page um, yeah uh, that's why w- and when we have a fake door we always uh, communicate our own uh, email address mm. you know from like onderzoeken at postnl yeah yeah uh, so people you know if they are frustrated or have any more questions you know they can they can just start contact us directly yeah or tips uh, or tricks it exactly exactly yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. um yeah, so but it it is very uh, reliable and uh, and uh, valid. Yeah. You know, maybe another example. We uh, when we you know, the point I'm trying to make is we have to you have to measure behavior mm-hmm. uh, instead of not like asking for opinions. It's not always uh, the best way to validate an idea. So what we also do is we look for little life hacks, as I call them. Um, you actually mentioned just just now that uh, you left a note on the door yeah. for your delivery yeah. guy. Yeah. Uh, and that note said... Um, I could have been prank called, by the way. But still, uh, uh, and actually one of, the, one of the topics that we were researching uh, a little while ago was, um, no, so what do people actually want? How do people want their parcel delivered? And, uh, and it dawned on us like, hey, but aren't there a lot of people actually using notes, actually telling us what, how they want a parcel delivered if yeah. they're not at home? And, uh, but it turned out nobody in PostNL ever really investigated that. Yeah. Um, so what we, what we did is um, we just asked people, like, okay, uh, do you ever use a note like that? 
<laughs> uh, and uh, it turned out like 27% of the people uh, uses notes to inform oh, uh, delivery guys. That's a lot, yeah. Yeah, uh, like uh, delivery guys like, okay, telling them what to do with a parcel in case I'm not at home. Hmm. So uh, so that that's what, those are the little life hacks, little behaviors that people actually use to, to yeah. tell us what they want. Yeah. And But we weren't really listening. Like it's only, so we didn't really provide a, a way for people to, Tell us that, that yeah. other than just yeah. you know letting them put a put a note on the door. Um, so so then we measured behavior uh, in in that sense. So we uh, and we asked people, okay, so what do you actually tell the delivery guy? Yeah, leave uh, it at the neighbors. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Probably, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 That mostly, and um, it turned out that, that there was a couple of patterns. Um, and mostly, it said it had the if this then that pattern. Mm. Like if I'm not at home leave the parcel under the uh, front porch. Or if I'm not at home, uh, leave the parcel at number 44. Yeah. But not at those assholes at number 40. And so those are little life hacks and also behavioral patterns uh, that were actually really interesting. So that, and then uh, after that, so so that was sort of the the looking for behavior again, you know, measuring it. And then after that, we did a fake door. Um, where we asked people, so where do you want, uh, uh, that was on the, the track and trace page. You yeah. know, the track and trace. Uh, yeah, you have the option, right? Yeah, yeah they, like, on the track and trace page, it's, that's where you follow your parcel. Uh, you know, you're ordering shoes and then, you know, it's on the way. And then on that track and trace page, you, you see when it's being delivered. So mm. we did a, a what we call a fake door, where we uh, try to investigate, okay, so what... Uh, we gave people the possibility to leave the, uh, delivery instructions hmm. online uh, and just understanding if people were actually willing to tell us what to do with their parcel in case they're not at home. It turned out um, like more than 50% of the people interacted with that, with that fake door. So that's, hmm. a, that's a pretty massive uh, conversion. So yeah, but, uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, I mean, that's that's all data that you wouldn't have gotten if you didn't even put the option in there. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Even though someone could be disappointed that the f- option isn't there, you could, of course, explain like, okay, we're kind of investigating if yeah. this is a good option. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because you already get some options, right? So, for example, if the, the delivery guy misses you, right, yeah. you're not at home or whatever, you can change it, right? You have up until... Uh, sometime uh, I don't know what the time is exactly, but you can change it to, for example, I want to have it delivered at the post office or whatever, right? Uh, but that that that's that's super interesting because, uh, uh, but to get back, you had a point about the ethics <laughs> for the, yeah, yeah, the yeah. figure. What was the point about that? Um, well, you have to be very well, like I said, polite uh, when you. Yeah. disappoint people and you have to really use it uh, sparsely as a, as a tool like the fake door so we prefer uh, um, like surveys and, and and or like like I said before like investigating uh, real behavior yeah. uh, asking for past past behavior instead of uh, <laughs> using fake doors but when you use it you have to be you know, yeah, like I said polite and also um, very upfront about your intentions, uh, intentions. About, yeah. so uh, I want to talk about sustainability a little bit. Yep. So uh, you mentioned that uh, as one of the things that we could talk about. So mm-hmm. um, I, I would like to know, uh, you, uh, is there, uh, 
because sustainability is a big thing, uh, so what are kind of the things that you think about uh, while thinking about the innovations and stuff like that, but also to, to keep in mind the sustainability? Yeah, um, well, yeah, like you said, it's, it's a big thing. I think it's also a growing uh, topic. Yeah. Of course, it's still quite vague. Like, what, is, what do we mean with sustainability? Yeah, for sure. Um, but I know that, well, then PostNL, it's just part of the culture as well. You know, it's part of the cultural values and stuff. So, yeah. um, and, and for, you know, when you have to combine that with, com- with innovation, I actually think that, but, but that's my personal opinion, that uh, no really good innovations are sustainable by, uh, by, by default. default. Yeah, exactly. Um, and for a couple of reasons that people are, like the customers, they demand, they demand a really good experience, you know. Uh, but mm. f- uh, a couple of years ago, like customer experience was like a, a defining feature, you know, <laughs> yeah. a USP, yeah. something that if you know, uh, if you have a really good customer experience, then people will return. Of course, that's still the case. Yeah. But now, uh, customer experience, like uh, you know, delivering something that people want, is uh, it's kind is, of the is, norm. It, yeah. Exactly, it's the norm, and that and that's a good thing. And I, I. Again, my personal idea is that uh, the sustainability is, is now maybe it's, it could be a USP, you know, where companies are, yeah, uh, they 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 are yeah, yeah exactly. They, like some companies claim that they're very sustainable, uh, and and that way people are you know more driven to those com- companies or more loyal, yeah. Uh, but I I'm thinking that is slowly becoming the norm, you know. Mm. So uh, that's Makes shifting, sense. yeah. So, and I think that's also happening for uh, for PostNL. Yeah. Um, but the thing is, with sustainability, it you know you have to look at the you have to sort of prove the business value of sustainability. Um, for otherwise, it will never become important for a business because at the end of the day, you're a business. You know, you need to survive, grow. Uh, yeah. make money and is if sustainability is only about you know um doing good then yeah. uh, it's important maybe for the employees and for the exper- for the customers yeah. but for you know bottom line if it doesn't really uh if it costs a lot of money exactly if yeah. It, yeah exactly yeah, it makes sense yeah. i mean yeah. you, you don't want to go down just because you want to be sustainable no exactly exactly and um actually we're Working on a cool project uh, we call uh, Minder Luchtvervoeren. So getting the, you know, like I talked yeah. about before briefly, yeah. you know, getting reducing the amount of air in parcels. Yeah. Uh, well, as you can imagine, for a company uh, like PostNL, smaller like parcels or you know parcels at this moment contain a lot of air. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you can reduce that air, then it's really efficient. You know, it's it, it's uh, so you can fit more parcels in a in, in a van. van. Yeah very simple uh and um and at the same time that really is environmentally friendly or at least you know you save uh you save gasoline or you save uh parcel material you know like a carton yeah yeah. so um and but um well the the point is that you have to sort of prove and make the business case that uh you know that being sustainable is actually profitable. Yeah. Or yeah. that being unsustainable is un- is bad for business. Well, this is actually the 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 case. So, say for instance, if you take this this uh, thing that you are doing right now with the uh, less air in parcels. Yeah. Uh, it has a business case 
Yeah. Yeah. Because if you can move more parcels, that's even better, right? Yeah. Uh, but I was wondering about that because uh, when you talk about that, you're not you're not responsible for the packaging of the parcel, right? That's, uh, yeah. that, that, that's the tricky part because, the, for example, a web shop is. Yeah. If, if I'm ordering, like, I don't know, a really small thing, like, a, I don't know, a toothbrush or something like that, just, yeah. a, just an, an example. Uh, if, I'm, if I'm doing that and someone decides to get a really big parcel and yeah. send it to me, uh, that's not something you can do. You you can't do anything about that, right? I'm actually Other really than happy that you're asking this question. Yeah, you yeah. Know that? Because, <laughs> because it, it, it doesn't uh, make sense. Yeah, we actually investigated exactly this. Yeah. So um, uh, what we did, because uh, you're right, you know, uh, uh, Postanel has the issue that the parcels are uh, larger, you know, contain a lot of, you know, false air, if I, uh, if yeah. I may say it like that. Um and we have that issue. It, it's it's inefficient for us and blah, blah, blah. Uh, the user, you know, the customer also is annoyed, but the web shop decides how to pack it or the fulfillment center. Yeah. Uh, and so what we did is actually, actually measure the impact of uh, smart uh, packaging, you know, like with really uh, airtight or, uh, and also like, I'm just calling it dumb uh, packaging, you know, with too big. Uh, and so we asked people, like uh, like a lot of people in a survey, uh, so how happy are you when parcels are uh, uh, packaged, packed really, uh, you know, with a, when you receive a large parcel yeah. with a lot of uh, material? Well, you know, obviously a lot of people were not happy with that 80 percent of the yeah. people was like not uh not not, not happy with that <laughs> um but then we asked okay so and but who do you blame do you blame uh, the uh, delivery company like Postnell? do you name blame the web shop or maybe the, the the producer yeah and then so so they could choose between all they could you know, choose all options, but uh, in seventy-six percent of the cases, people blame the web shop for packing uh, for the, the so bad packaging. So they know who it is, yeah. Exactly, and yeah. then we asked. Uh, uh, so, and what does it do with your uh, intention to keep on buying stuff at that web shop? And then thirty-four ah. percent said, "I um, I, I would rather not buy again at this web shop." Oh, and then crazy. it becomes interesting because then you can link. Uh, uh, unsustainability, you know, bad, uh, bad pra- uh, packaging with uh, a direct impact on business for web shops, which is, you know, retention. Um, and that's actually where you have to sort of look for the business case of, of, uh, of sustainability. Yeah. You know what I so mean? So, you, yeah. yeah, you can, you can uh, as Postnell, say to a web shop, for example, or at least you can inform them uh, somehow yeah, exactly. uh, yeah. that, okay, uh, look guys, this is a research that we did under yeah. as many people yeah. and this is what people were saying, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it it benefits you if you pick smaller packaging or smarter packaging yeah. in that sense. Yeah, and it, yeah, in the end it benefits uh, everybody. Everyone. So yeah, uh, yeah, the web course. shops, personnel, yeah. consumers and also the planet. Yeah. And, uh, and conversely, we also did the research where we investigated okay so what does it do with the uh, happiness of uh, customers uh, you know when you uh, wrap the parcels really uh, well or pack them really tight airtight and stuff and uh, you know no big surprises there because it was just the other way around and yeah. people uh, are give credit to the web shop for the smart market packaging and it turns out people are more uh loyal at least that's what they say yeah, yeah. um 
I, I, I haven't made your behavior yet. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but we're working on that. Yeah, I think there are exceptions. Maybe when uh, when this is the only webshop that you can yeah. buy this thing. Exactly. At, but exactly. Uh, yeah. I mean that that doesn't happen yeah. that much. But in a general sense, so here you we also you know one of the goals is to uh, have sustainable innovations, but the only way, or at least a really very effective way to to achieve that is to, if you can sort of prove that uh, sustainability is good for business and unsustainability is bad for business. So, yeah, yeah. that makes sense. So um, you uh, you implement things through some kind of lean startup methodology. Yeah. Uh, we talked about that a little bit, but um, how, could you tell a little bit about, uh, about what it is uh, for the people that don't know, but yeah. also how you implement it? Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, in short, lean startup is, is a, is a way to um, to develop products, you know, like uh, or to at least find out if um, if a business model is uh, is is uh, working. is working yeah. exactly. So you know, you first you check out the uh, the market, you know, who's uh, who's our customer, what problems are, do they have, you know, and is the idea that we have like the pro the, the solution that we're having in mind. Is, does it work or do people are are they enthusiastic and you know like iterative iteratively yeah. you know with <laughs> build measure learn uh, cycles you you know sort of test your hypothesis your assumptions and it's it's um well not exact science but it's definitely uh you know scientific in a way that you make uh do an experiment you measure uh, results that could be like are the people willing to pay or are they happy or unhappy you know and and by continuously building, measuring, and learning, you well, uh, you you uh, find out if a business, if an idea is uh, is working or not, and, and if you're going yeah. to actually implement it. Yeah, or, exactly, exactly. Yeah. And the only, of course, the only goal of a startup is to understand if if it has any r- right, yeah, for existing. Uh, and uh, anyway, so that's in in short, short that's the, the general process. Uh, for us, it so we apply that on projects. We try to. Uh, scope them in in time for example for uh, 100 days so within 100 days we try to uh, deliver a a validated idea and then we can decide okay are we gonna keep on learning or we're gonna scale up or are we gonna kill it Um, and we do that in we work at uh, b amsterdam it's Mm -hmm. a yeah, I know the, startup, the office uh, building, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like it's a startup ecosystem. Uh, there are a lot of corpuses. startups in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it, yeah. It, it, it's interesting to me that you mentioned that. It, it, uh, just to sidetrack here, yeah. but uh, it, it is interesting to me that th- th- there's such a large building where uh, a lot of these startups are actually joining uh, and actually collaborating with uh, with each other on yeah. all kinds of things. Yeah, yeah. They, it's like an ecosystem, as they yeah. call it. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and, and, Maybe it's interesting to talk about that later a little bit more as well, yeah. like the place of the inversion studio in within the company, yeah. literally. Uh, but anyway, but for us, the um, the lean startup process, we um, well, like I said, we we try to limit it to to a hundred days to to time box it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, otherwise, you, it's a never ending story. Yeah, and uh, we do. Well, we work in sprints of uh, two weeks mainly uh, normally and we try to do one experiment each sprint mm. you know so that you can well build measure learn within yeah. each sprint you can uh, get new insights and uh, also we have what we call war rooms where we have uh, like we keep one team has one 
you know, is working on one uh, project and they have their own room and it's filled with canvases like the uh, lean canvas or the mm. uh, project canvases, uh, um, uh, value proposition canvases, stuff like that. Yeah. So what happens after the 100 days? So same, um, instance, yeah, it's, oh. we call it a stage gate mm-hmm. and uh, then we decide, okay, is it going to, uh, are we going to uh, keep on experimenting or have we learned enough and can we um scale the experiment up or go to the business like maybe maybe someone from the business can implement it you know um, yeah. or we maybe we can kill it yeah and yeah so that's, that's what we call the stage gate and the, the stakeholders are involved then as well mm. they can um we have a discussion we present our insights results yeah. and they uh, and together we decide okay what what's going to happen yeah that's a great that was something that came up so uh or while you were talking about this i, I was i was wondering how how does it go for example when you validate an idea and you say okay this is something we should really do or we at least think we should do mm-hmm. so h- how does that land with the business then is that something that you like present in that way and say okay uh let's make a decision about it so h- how does that go uh well uh, first of all we, we really try to involve people from the business uh from Before. right from the start yeah so um actually we we never do projects which are only and only consist of members from the innovation uh, studio because yeah. otherwise there's no link with the business you know yeah. you have, have this and the, so it's get harder to get support in that sense as well exactly yeah. exactly and uh, you get the sort of the the not invented here uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, syndrome yeah and so that's why we uh, usually we try to involve a lot of people from uh, different business lines in at the start of a project yeah for example if that's minder luchtvervoer we involved uh, many different people from business in order to get on the same page and really mm. understand the problem uh, thoroughly and then we um uh, so yeah we have the problem owner uh, who is part of the team and after you know after as a team and the stakeholders, we decide, okay, this is something that the business should pick up. Yeah. Uh, then the, the problem owner usually takes it into the business and yeah. they're trying to uh, get make it, get IT on board, for example. Yeah, you know, to just get to, the support to, to actually implement yeah, it. Exactly, to, to yeah, exactly, to implement it. Yeah. So uh, just to get back to that uh, part, of what you wanted to say about the company being in a <laughs> in a different spot, what yeah. do you want to say about that? Um, well, we are located at B Amsterdam. Yeah. And, uh, but the company itself is uh, located in Den- The Hague. Mm-hmm. That's, Leeds, that's where headquarters is. And uh, a little bit in Hofdorp as well, uh, but that's uh, all moving to the Hague. And but as an innovation studio, we're in Amsterdam, so there's the the risk, of course, that we are on an island. Yeah, yeah, kind of disconnected. Um, in that exactly sense. disconnected, yeah. and yeah. then um, it's and that's the risk is then that nobody <laughs> will listen to us, or at least that we yeah. lose our connection with uh, with the business. And so that's also for us really important to have the the connection with the business by. Um, Getting problem owners on board, for example, of having st- or having stage gates at the innovation studio, yeah. to you know just to show what we're having. But why, why not move it to the Hague? <laughs> yeah, they, uh, it could possibly. be a possibility. Yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, it uh, it doesn't it, it's not needed anymore in this kind of day and age, right? And I mean, the Netherlands are not that big. I mean, <laughs> from the Hague to Amsterdam, it's like forty five minutes or something like that. But uh, but it, I, I understand that that feeling because you're you. 
you need the, those people, of course, to, uh, to well, basically they're your colleagues, right? I mean, it's not like it's a different company in that no, sense. No. Uh, so it, it is interesting that you are not in the same spot. But uh, on the other hand, it it shouldn't be a problem where you are located. I mean, we have the same thing with our developers, for example, which are in Serbia, which yeah. is not even in the same country. No. But you still have that kind of connection. You still have a kind of daily routine that you go through. Yeah. So do those uh, people from the business, for example, from uh, The Hague, do they like visit you when they are uh, on some kind of a project or whatever? How, how does that go? Well, if we have a problem owner, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. then <laughs> yeah, we have usually one, two or three days a week that they are here and... Or at least in our location in Amsterdam. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, yeah. they need to be as close as possible. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, you're you're a team. So yeah, yeah. Then you work uh, together. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, or at least uh, via conferencing. But uh, usually in person is even better if if you can. Of yeah, course. we try to have yeah at least one day together as a team, yeah. uh, preferably two. Yeah. Um, yeah. So how how do you um, how do you see kind of the future for for these kind of things for uh, for example for clients right so yep. what's kind of the future where you can see like technological advancements and stuff like that what do you see there mm, well uh, an important part is in 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 the stuff that we're focusing on at least uh, it's you know like the delivery journey yeah. so uh, receiving your parcels and um, the well, what's going to change, I think, or what the future is more going to look like is it's becoming more and more normal that people are not at home when That's their the parcel thing. is delivered. Yeah. Uh, and so a lot of technological uh, improvements are going to uh, uh, revolve around that, I think, yeah. like preventing that you're going to miss your parcel. Uh, and for example, you know, like the parcel locker that you talked about, yeah. or, or yeah. maybe uh, we're also experimenting with like small personal parcel lockers, like but really, really simple ones, you know, um, like a, a, a Klaus, basically. Yeah, uh, a how vault. Do you call that? Uh, yeah, <laughs> a vault. <laughs> a, a vault, yeah, but uh, like a, a, on your house or yeah. uh, smart locks, Yeah, you know, where people can actually enter your door or your... Yeah, that, that, there was garage. yeah there was some kind of smart lock thing I think in America or something like that where they were also like okay you can give your delivery guy uh, access for a limited amount of time yeah whatever. exactly yeah, exactly yeah. or you know maybe give him access to uh, your garage so yeah. then he doesn't enter your house because that, yeah. that could still be sensitive yeah um, so you know having new technologies basically trying to help you to uh, not, like so you don't have to be at home when the yeah. parcel is delivered yeah yeah i th- i think that that's the the main thing because a lot of people are like okay uh you see kind of the thing that amazon is doing with the drones and stuff like that yeah. and the the kind of delivery uh robots and stuff like yeah. that i mean uh it's a good idea on on the one hand it's still i like yeah how does this how is this even gonna work right because yeah. uh, if you're in an apartment building like i am then i'm like okay how are you even gonna get to my door <laughs> no, yeah, <laughs> if yeah. it's a drone or whatever right I it will still be something i can i can imagine it still be being something like uh one particular spot where those things are going to be delivered right it's still one thing yeah i, I mean it could be something like that it makes sense so yeah 
Um, I don't know about drones, though. Yeah, I, I'm Personally. not sure. I, I'm, mm. I'm also, I'm also not uh, sold on the idea for some reason. But maybe in, uh, at least not in Holland. I wouldn't. I don't see it. Yeah, working, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it, it maybe in a rural, rural kind of way, it could work, right? Yeah. So where there are not a lot of houses around and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe it will change. I mean, we don't know how it will mm. look like. No, but it's it's true. it's um. It's something that when I heard about it, I was like, ah, I don't know. I don't know if that would be the best. I mean, the, the locker would be an ideal kind of solution for me. I, I already, most of the time when I, when I can, I, I will pick, for example, deliver at the post office. Yeah. Because I'm just like, okay, I'm not going to stay and wait. Or deliver at work, which is also a thing mm-hmm. that, that, yeah. that happens a lot, I think. And... Uh... I think yeah. The, so the, the the changes are more like revolved around that, and some of them are actually quite low tech. Yeah. You know, like we're experimenting with you know dropping your parcel off at, uh, or at least uh, picking our parcel up at the gas station. You know, on yeah. your on your commute to home. Yeah. Why not? Why uh, gas stations are open a lot. So. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Or uh, we're also uh, toying with the idea that uh, you know why not make bigger holes in your front door. Mm. you know make the uh, so that actually more yeah. parcels can deliver can be uh, put through it instead of just only the letterbox so like bigger letterboxes literally mm. uh, yeah and that's quite low tech but you know so but at least so there's various ways at least to uh, yeah uh, and they're all focused on you not missing your delivery yeah yeah, yeah sometimes it already happens right so if it's yep. a, if a parcel is uh, can fit through a, a, a letterbox. It will probably be delivered in a letterbox. So that that mm-hmm. already happens. Yeah, but that's also one of the focuses of that uh, minderlucht. Yeah, less yeah, air. Yeah, um, really big advantage is if you uh, make packages more airtight. That we have this uh, a product called the Fashion Pack, where your um, clothing is mm. actually vacuumed. Oh, you know, it's ah, like yeah, really, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so it's airtight and it's really airtight. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. then it, it can quite easily fit through your letterbox. Somewhere. Yeah, I think yeah, I did. Yeah. Oh. And that that was that was uh, uh, that that helps, of course. I mean, it, it it's all these kinds of th- small things. I think that they're going to make that impact. Yeah, that, that that's what what a lot of people a lot of people are like. Okay, how how I'm gonna how are we going to solve the problem of the delivery guy or the girl? Uh, that that's not the 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 thing you want to change, right? You want to be make it more comfortable for people to get their package. That's it. Yeah, uh, that's it. So um, my last question to wrap up: <laughs> <laughs> What are you most proud of since you started this whole journey that you're on right now? Um, uh, the, actually, the product that we're currently working on the the minderlucht. Yeah, I think that's uh, it's a really nice example where. Um, where there's a nice sweet spot between, uh, do you know the sort of the Venn diagram of uh, desirability, yeah. viability, and feasibility? Mm. Uh, you know, that's sort of the standard way uh, of looking at innovation. But there's a sort of a fourth circle of sustainability. Yeah, you know where and where they are all overlapping. And uh, I think we you're with actually that, in the center of it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And that's um, where I'm pretty proud that as a as a innovation team we are working on that project and we're actually seeing some pretty interesting results like i said before and the impact on uh customer so we're linking now customer experience to uh, uh like happy experiences with smart packaging uh and 
link that back to to the web shop in order to uh, motivate them to use. helps all of us yeah, yeah exactly uh, and also we're um looking for ways like uh, why are we actually even using a second parcel box anyway you know if you for yeah. if you ordering a lot of stuff uh, a laptop uh, f- for example yeah laptops or m- yeah, mainly if bit, you're looking at uh, at um now, like more home and garden stuff, like oh, yeah, a, yeah, a vacuum sure. cleaner or an iron uh, ironing. Uh, yeah, they already got. have a good box. Yeah. Exactly, they already have a pretty good box. So, and and that's what we also uh, are learning. That in many cases, mm. uh, at least the consumers don't really need that second no. web shop box. No. So, uh, and we're thinking now, hey, maybe we can uh, team up with some uh, manufacturers. Yeah. And have them make more. Uh, e-commerce and shipping ready uh, uh, boxes from from the product yeah. itself yeah. so then you know don't even need a second box yeah and then everybody's happy yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it, it already happens with some uh, cases right i yeah. mean i have the case for example um, the last time that i ordered a big thing was probably a tv or something like yeah. that and it didn't come in a box no 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 so it, it's already it's already there and then yeah. a lot of, but uh, i think there's actually a lot more products that we can uh as as a as a whole as a sector, you know, from the from the manufacturer to the web shop to the uh, us as a as the transport as a logistic uh, party, yeah. uh, we can um, yeah make that whole chain more uh, sustainable, more profitable, and I, that was I'm pretty proud that we're working on that as well. Yeah, very cool. Very cool. Thank you uh, a lot, uh, Jeroen, for your time. Uh, and also, uh, of course, people can find PostNL on PostNL.nl. <laughs> <laughs> and of yeah. course, the PostNL app and all uh, all those kinds of things. Uh, is there something from the Innovation Studio, something separately, or is it just PostNL.nl? And we don't have a separate website. Yeah, yeah, but exactly. You, well, people can always uh, email me. If yeah, any questions. I'll, I'll put it. I'll put it in uh, awesome. at least your LinkedIn, so people can, yeah, uh, can find you. Thank you uh, very much. Yeah, no problem. Uh, and of course, uh, for the listeners, you can find the Bits versus Byte podcast on uh, bitsvsbytes.com, and also, of course, on uh, all major podcasting platforms: uh, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. It's all Bits vs Bytes. And there's a newsletter now where uh, a lot of people can uh, find uh, uh, every two weeks you'll get five things uh, about tech, uh, leadership and business. Uh, and uh, you can find that on bitsvsbytes.com slash newsletter. And of course, uh, I would like to thank you for listening and until next time.